0: One that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money. Come ye, buy and eat, yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. In calling us to himself, God calls us to come on the basis of who he is and not what we bring to him other than wickedness that must be up front repented of or turn we must turn to him who has already purchased our salvation i love romans chapter 4 verses 4 and 5 not to him not notice not to him that worketh is the reward reckoned the reward of salvation that is but to him that believeth on him that's god that justifieth the ungodly let me read that again romans 4 verses 4 and 5 now unto him now to him i'm sorry that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth, instead of trying to work for salvation, which is impossible, why did Jesus come if we could have worked ourselves into our own salvation, right? But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would distill a faith in us like we've never had before. We ask you right now to increase our faith, Lord, that we would stop striving. We would cease trying to earn your love. and. Salvation, And we would just receive it, Lord, because you said as many as received him, Christ, to them gave he the power, the right to become the sons of God. And then you said, John, this is John chapter one, verses 12 and 13, verse 13, which were born not of blood. They didn't shed their own blood for it, nor of the will of the flesh. God called us and we merely listened and hearken nor of the will of man, but of God in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, we're back to Isaiah 55, our main text in this message. I want you to get into that and maybe do some research, do some searching on it, on this passage. Just so much here, but I believe it opens up with how we, in whom he put his thirst for himself, were to come to his waters without money. We're to come and buy because of his love and because of faith, simple faith in him. Buy and eat, yea, we're to come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. And perhaps this is speaking of the beautiful package of his salvation. Remember Hebrews 2 verse 3 says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Of this passage, John Wesley wrote this, speaking of thirsting. He said, For the grace of God and the blessings of the gospel. This thirst implies a vehement and active and restless desire after it. No money, that is. Don't bring any money. Those who are most worthless and wicked, if they do, but thirst may be welcome. By, speaking of by, he says, procure or receive that which is freely offered. And concerning wine and milk, he speaks of all the gospel, all of its blessings in particular, that peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, which are better than wine, and that love of God, which nourishes the soul as milk does the body, unquote. What a blessing. You know, Romans chapter 14, verse 17 says, speaking of the kingdom of God and the salvation that we have in Christ Romans 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith we may edify one another. This is Romans 14. Verses 17 through 19, Uh, verse 3 here in our main text, Isaiah 55, incline your ear and come unto me. Remember Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. What a blessed Savior we serve. Verse 3, incline your ear and come unto me here and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. You know, if you think about what he's saying there, David he gave for a witness to the people of his love. You know, he loved David, and David was one who had a heart after God. David was one who thirsted after the Lord and came and drank at the Lord, ate and drank at the Lord's table as he begins to speak of here in the first verses. And so he's a witness. David also, as the king in Israel, sinned grossly, but God had mercy on him because David returned to the Lord in repentance, Psalm chapter 51 And this is a witness to us that God will forgive us. He will wash any of his people afresh who return to him. Now, like the prodigal son, we know that God's not going to go out and make you come back or beg you to come back. But like the father who waited patiently for his son, when his son came back, the son was welcomed with open arms and full and complete forgiveness and restoration of all the things of his father's house. And let me say to you today, friend, if you've strayed, if you've backslidden, if you're there now or ever were, when you confessed your sin, you returned to the Lord. He said he is faithful and just to forgive your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And all of the blessings of God are yours, even as they are for all of his children. And no different. So verse 5. Behold thou shalt call a nation. That thou knowest not. And nations that knew not thee. Shall run. Unto thee, because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. You know, it's amazing the witness God gives in our lives to others to taste and see that he is good as we simply abide in Christ. We seek to earn our salvation. We receive the love of God, as we read about in 1 John chapter 4. We walk in that rest. In fact, on safeguardyoursoul.com, We have a really neat, a very good, a blessed message titled, Resting in His Love. Check that out. In fact, on the post of this message, I will put it down at the bottom, Resting in God's Love. And that's what we need to learn to do. And the way we learn how to rest in God's love is that we learn to walk by faith, trusting in the character and the provision of the Lord. In fact, I was reminded this week of the words of our Lord Jesus Christ in the latter part of the gospel of Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus is speaking of provision and trusting God in that provision. Notice beginning in verse 24, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Mammon, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body. What ye shall put on, is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment or clothing? Behold the fowls of the air! He brings our attention to the birds that we witness all around us every day. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Then he says, Are ye not much better than they? In other words, are you not of uh, are you not made in the image of God, the prize creation of our Maker? Verse twenty seven Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? In other words, the height that you are is exactly what God ordained. And no matter what you did or didn't do, it wasn't going. To be where you were taller or shorter. Verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Why are you ro- worried about clothing and food and housing? Consider raiment is something, by the way, to cover the body. I believe that would definitely be clothing, but also it would be a place to lay our heads. Consider the lilies of the field, the flowers, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I. Say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Notice, resting in God, trusting him, having faith, walking by faith, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We're all familiar with Hebrews eleven six: Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who are that diligently seek him. Okay, verse 31, Matthew 6, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles, those without God, seek, they toil, they strive after the things of the world, that the Father freely gives to his people, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. Don't worry about tomorrow, live in the now, for the morrow tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil. Now, uh, we can't even begin to go into any depth on this passage, but I'm glad we read it because it speaks to what God seeks to communicate to our hearts in this message. And I want to encourage you to pour over this passage in the latter verses of Matthew chapter 6. Back to Isaiah 55, verse 4. Behold, I have given him for a witness, that's Christ, to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 says that Jesus is the captain of their salvation. Hebrews 2.10 verse 5 Isaiah 55 Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall turn unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. You know, the fruit of the Spirit comes to mind. It's fruit born in the lives of all who are born again and presently abiding in Christ. Uh, uh, The robust, beautiful, juicy, health-giving fruit of the Holy Spirit of God in the lives of his people. I've thought about several times recently how the Lord used that in other people, and Christian people, when I was not a Christian, to show me that they had something he wanted to give me. They definitely had something I didn't have. I was born and raised Catholic, and I've never known a Catholic to have peace. They're not saved. You can't be a Catholic and be saved because you're not trusting God. You're trusting your church. You're trusting idols, your religion, everything else but God. In fact, let me go on record to say that all organized religion is there to claim that they're the only way to God while keeping you from God. And so I saw love. I saw joy. I saw peace, long-suffering the nine dimensions of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in the lives of his people around me. And that made me want more than anything in my personal life that made me want what they had. But the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the effect, and lust including we are crucifying as we're being reminded in the word of God today we're crucifying the striving the undue unwarranted striving and learning to rest in the Lord I prayed it earlier and I truly love where we read and luke chapter 17 verse 5 this may be a nugget to somebody that's going to change their life forever and the apostle the apostles that's jesus 12 said unto the lord increase our faith increase our faith simple truth here friends the disciples asked jesus to increase their faith they prayed for more faith we also know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god but we also know from this verse that we can ask god to increase our faith i Believe that should be a prayer every day in our lives and for if for no other reason, because we remember that without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Amen. It's impossible to please God without living in faith. Now to us who are parents don't you know that when our children are striving to obtain things that we're freely giving them, including our love for them, that would frustrate us, wouldn't it, when they were little and trying to? get our attention it would hurt our hearts to look at them and look down at them and to somehow think that they actually think they have to earn our love and as a parent you know that there's no way that you could even begin to explain not even i have never you know when i meet parents i always laugh with them and talk especially the parents with younger children and i say hey would you mind explaining how much you love your child They look at me like, man, this guy's either crazy or he's kidding, and then we laugh together because there's not even the slightest possibility that even the most articulate among us, even some of you ladies who can draw out of you into words some of the deepest emotions, you can't even begin to... Explain the depth of your love for those babies. And that's just simply an illustration on earth God gave us for us to at least ponder or try to grasp and understand that he loves us beyond what could be described in human words, human terms. Amen. So verse six, notice, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Notice, seek the Lord and call upon him. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. What an amazing salvation we have in Christ that we can stop our lives at any time and come unto him when we are laboring and are heavy. Laden, as we quoted earlier, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. It's the last three verses in the 11th chapter of Matthew, and that fits right in this message perfectly. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, perhaps somebody listening to me is toiling concerning something in their lives right now, and Jesus is saying for you to just simply come unto him. He sees your burden, and he sees that you're heavy laden, you're burdened down, you're laid down with a big load, you're carrying things that he wants to alleviate the weight of and take that burden out of your life. I will give you rest. I love that statement all by itself. I, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, will give you his peace, will give you his rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So as we walk in by faith with the Lord, it doesn't matter what's going on. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. As I begin and refer to earlier in 1 John chapter 4 verse 19, the Bible said and let us be reminded, we love him because he first loved us we love him because he first loved us before we were even born the price for our sin was paid in full it is finished are the words of the savior that echoed between heaven and earth and resounds to our generation and beyond communicating that God is love and that he loved us before we were even born. And while he knew we were going to be yet sinners, Christ was sent and came and died for our sins. Jesus said, and it's recorded in John three seventeen, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we back up a verse here in 1 John chapter 4, in fact, we back up to verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God had to us. And let me ask you, friend, do you know the love of God in the salvation that comes through Christ alone? And do you believe the love that God hath to you? Notice, and we have known and we've experienced it. We repented and Christ brought us into his kingdom. We put our faith in him. Away from self and into him. That's how the gospel, that's how the kingdom works, by faith. And let me encourage you to get back to that simplicity of faith, where it's all about him and not you. And we have known and believe the love that God had to us. God requires that we believe that he loves us. In fact, Romans eight thirty-seven through 39 says that nothing can separate us from that love, Right. So the Apostle John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, We have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love, are you walking in love with God? Dwelleth in God and God in him. Now that's a verse to let soak in and to read repeatedly and prayerfully. That's 1 John 4, 16. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love, which God is, dwelleth in God and God in him. So the only way to dwell in love is to dwell in he who is love, and that's God. Herein is our love made perfect or matured and come to fruition that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. We don't have to fear. Christians are the only ones who need not fear death and do not fear death because they're going to be with the Lord to be absent from the body. Is to be present with the Lord. Second Corinthians 5, 6 through 8, and also Philippians 1, 21 through 23, concerning what lies ahead, the glory that lies ahead for the beloved of God, every one of his people. Also, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of men or the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So we have boldness in judgment right here. 1 John 4, 17 okay let me call your attention to another gospel edifying christ-centered message on safeguard your so-called why we need not fear death resurrection joy fearless in death is what the title is all you have to do is put any portion of that title into the search box and you'll find it perhaps you could put in there why we need not fear death or any part of that it'll come right up that's a written with also scripture and a podcast for your edification in Christ. So in 1 John chapter 4, at the end of this chapter, the apostle, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, is speaking of the believer who is walking in the Spirit, abiding in Christ, the fruit of love, which is the first dimension of the nine fruit of the spirit that we just read in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, that's being produced in our lives and flooding and flourish. We're flourishing in the love of God as we dwell in love and dwell in God. Those are synonymous. Then our love is made perfect or it comes to fruition. It matures so that we have boldness in this life as we look forward to the day of judgment, because as he is, it says, so are we in this world. Amen. Jesus is the Prince of Peace and the only ones who have peace in this earth are his children Isaiah 9 6 and 7 in fact right here in this passage toward the end of where we're going to be going here in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 12 says for ye shall go out with joy and be led forth With peace the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Of this verse one writer notes you shall be released from your bondage safely and triumphantly. There shall be a general rejoicing so that even the senseless creatures shall seem to rejoice With you. You know, when you're walking in the love of God, you've got love, joy, and peace. Everything around you changes. I don't even know how to put that into words, but you're walking almost on cloud nine, as they would say. That's probably not a good way to put it. I don't think that's biblical, but you're walking in a place of rich fellowship with God and all of his creation around you seems to be where the birds are chirping, the wind is blowing upon your brow and all the blessings of God in them, you are flourishing with Christ. And of course, this is speaking of the salvation we have have in Christ, we were going forth from that place of salvation, knowing that He said that He's going to continue the good work He began in us. Philippians 1 6 As we work out, we walk out, we walk out in peace and faith. We don't work for, we walk out our salvation. With the captain of our salvation, Jesus Christ, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that God is working in us both the will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. And so again, Isaiah 55, 12, for you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hand <laughs> what a picture if you read that and let that soak in again i want to call your attention on a personal basis to get into Isaiah 55 it's one thing to listen to a message that somebody else is preaching but god's intention is to draw you in precious one and to get you to whet your appetite to dive deeper into the word of god and as you get into the word of god the word of god is going to get into you and it's going to change everything and you're going to walk in the richness of the salvation that he has purchased for you and that's what this is speaking of once he saves you you are you're now in the kingdom of christ There's only two kingdoms in the earth, the kingdom of sin and Satan and the kingdom of Jesus Christ and light. He is the light of the world and you're walking in his light and you're going forth after he saved you with joy. You're being led forth with peace. Praise God. The mountains and the hills are breaking forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field are clapping their hands. And that reminds me of the song, Oh, When the Saints Go Marching In. What a beautiful hymn of. Of the faith. That's a hymn of great praise that is only enjoyed by. God's people. And in order to be one of God's people, you've got to submit to God, admitting that you're a sinner. You've got to repent. You've got to turn to God and acknowledge what he already knows, that you, my friend, have sinned against him. You have lied, and his word says you shall not bear false witness. You've used his name in vain. And his word says thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You have committed adultery, even if it be with the lust in your heart. And the scripture says thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt have no other gods before me and you my friend have violated the law of God and are fully guilty and he's calling you to be saved and desires that you be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth concerning this so great salvation that he has wrought for us in his only begotten son Jesus Christ and that involves going forth with joy being led forth with peace and the mountains the creation of God all around you is going to seem like it's just breaking into singing, and the trees are clapping their hands and rejoicing, because they are the creation of God, and made for his good pleasure, which would include the salvation of the souls of those made in his image. And on that note, Romans 8 comes to mind, therefore brethren, verse 12, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if ye live after the flesh ye shall die, but if ye through the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, do mortify the deeds of the body you shall live. See it's it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit as we trust God by faith and walk in the Spirit that the deeds of the body are going to be crucified so that Christ is reigning in us and we're being led of the Spirit. That's what the next verse says. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That I know this was a big revelation for me because, you know, the cross. We know the Bible teaches the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and the propitiatory sacrifice that he alone wrought for us on Calvary's cruel cross when he declared it is finished and now the same savior taught that we must deny ourselves take up our cross and follow him daily and yet many of us don't understand that the concept of the cross is simply a surrender a not my will but thine be done lord a lord into your hands i commend my spirit surrender the cross is all to thee my blessed savior i Surrender all. Amen. The cross is not my will, but thine be done. The cross is he must increase, but I must decrease. Growing closer to God is not the result of trying harder, but of surrendering deeper, dying deeper. Someone noted that according to Galatians 2 20, not I, but Christ, the scripture says in that verse first it was I without Christ, then it was I and Christ, then it was Christ and I. Now it is not I, but Christ, according to Galatians 2.20. We have a category on SafeguardYourSoul.com called Daily Cross. I want you to get into that. That will bless you. This is a message we must camp around, if you will. We must continually cause our hearts and minds to be nourished with the truth about the cross and what God calls us to, not to elevate or promote ourselves, but to rest in him by faith and to deny ourselves. So the scripture says in verse 14, Romans 8, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry my Abba, Father, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God. In other words, we received on behalf of Christ's perfect sacrifice this grandiose and glorious eternal salvation of our Father. Amen. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For our earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature is made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath "...subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also." which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Then it goes on. Verse 33, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, and who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long for we are counted as sheep for the slaughter Amen. Back to the book of Isaiah as we come in for a landing, come in for a close here. Isaiah 55, and we're going to pick up in verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. That's what we do when we repent afresh. We turn to God. We turn away from our way into his and put him first again in our lives. Anytime someone who's is backslidden. It's simply because of self-idolatry, of spiritual adultery, of saying, no, Lord, I've got this. But when you repent, you return to him and you say, Lord, you've got this. And I release my whole life and the weight of every iota of it into your care and into your lap. I lay my life down, Lord. I return to you. I turn again to you, oh God, and I trust you and I will have no other gods before me. In Jesus name, amen. So let the wicked forsaken. Way The idolatry, the spiritual adultery, and the and confess those for the sins they are. Repent and confess the sin of not trusting God, which is a lack of faith. Remember, without faith, it is impossible to please him. All the blessings of God come through Christ, and your part in appropriating them is faith. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return, return, turn again, return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. What a blessed promise that! Is from our God, amen, and to our God, for He will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth it shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto, whereto I sent it so as we close thinking the thoughts of God are we to do that yes we're to think on these things things the scripture says in Philippians chapter 4 and what are those things that we're to think on those things that are what true honest just pure and lovely those things that have virtue and those things that have good report amen we live in this late hour as we are expectantly looking daily for the soon return of our Lord and as he promised it would be great commotion is going on and anyone alive today knows the terror that could be stricken in us each and every day as the days grow darker leading up to the return of Jesus and how if we look at and we think on the headlines and any or everything else in this world and not the word of God we're going to be living in depression and God is tapping every one of his people on the shoulder beckoning us to come away and to come apart with him and to think on the things of God the things that are true honest just pure and lovely not allowing anything to crowd out or to Affect that relationship you have with him—a personal relationship—and that requires time. A husband and wife—they spend time alone together in intimacy, and that's how their relationship is continually knit deeper and deeper together, and flourishes. Amen. Luke twenty-one twenty-eight. Jesus said after speaking of all of these things. In fact, I want to encourage you and exhort you to read luke 21 this week i want you to read it every morning this week and he says here in verse 28 and when these things the things that he just spoke about in great detail about all the commotions and the nation, the distress of nations, the perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, which speaks of hordes and hordes of humanity protesting on the streets violently, etc. He says, and when these things begin to come to pass, do what? What are you to do? You to look into them and try to figure out everything that's going on through the lying news media? No. And when these things begin to come to pass... Here's what you're to do. Then look up. Amen. This should only be pushing us to look up. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. In other words, I told you these things are going to be happening. Many false prophets are rising, men's hearts failing them for fear as they look upon these things that are coming upon the earth and the powers of the heaven being shaken because the Son of God is coming. And he foretold all these things so you and I would know in what time period we lived in. And you and I, friend, are in. In that time period that he spoke of 2,000 years ago. We are living in the midst of it. And all of these signs should only cause us to be rejoicing yet more and more as we look for Christ's soon return, as we look up and lift up our heads because... Our redemption draweth nigh. So we are to think on the things of God, on his written word. A lot of people still running around trying to find a word instead of getting lost in, instead of getting into relentlessly and diligently and daily the word. They're looking for a word, a vision, a dream, or a word from these prophetic peddlers. They're using this so-called word they're getting on a constant basis this vision this dream they want you coming to them they want followers they want the accolades but God says to repent and come to him and come to his word and cease running after man's word even though they all claim that it comes from God you don't have to worry about whether or not what you read in the Bible came from God because all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is what is profitable for doctrine Direction, reproof, and instruction in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished or through and through and complete and matured. That's the only way it happens. Not by following false prophets who always have to have another word to get their audience coming back to them. And isn't it amazing on social media accounts when you see that happening that all of the people, all of the likes, all of the traffic that flows to those prophetic peddlers, those pied pipers, that's just quite amazing to me. You got so many people that will not get into god's word and so they want somebody else to tell them they want somebody else to tell them what god said that right there is a recipe for eternal disaster and it's time to repent it's time to get in the word it's time to trust god and to walk with the lord in an abiding relationship you don't need a word beloved you have the word isaiah 55 as we close you're going to come to god without anything you're going to come to god at according to the onset of this chapter, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. You're going to receive the salvation of God afresh as you return to the Lord, as you return to a place of trusting him. The Bible says, let us labor to enter into this rest. We've got to fight through all the evil, all the clutter all the carnality, we've got to lay down our lives and go on a fast and lift up our hearts and our hands to the Lord and say, Lord, into your hands I commend, I commit my spirit. I thank you for your salvation in Christ. I thank you for finding me. You first loved me and then you came and found me and brought me to yourself. I abide in thee, O God. I love you, Jesus, as we seek the Lord while he may be found before it's too late and call upon him, beloved, while he is near. Because there's coming a day when it's going to be too late, and everyone who hesitated is going to be cut off for all eternity and irrevocably vanquished into the torment of the bowels of eternal damnation. But for now, perhaps somebody listening to me needs to return to the Lord. I can tell you this, friend, your life is hanging by a spider thread over The flames of eternal damnation. It's only by the mercy, the sheer mercy of God, that you're listening to this message. And the scripture says here in verse 7 let the wicked, that's you, forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon you him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. God is calling us to think his thoughts, to meditate on his word, to walk in the word of God, letting it cleanse us every day, being cleansed by the washing of water, by the word every day. As we, like the psalmist, the blessed man in Psalm chapter one, delight in the law of the Lord. We delight in it, we meditate in it, and we are being planted, our lives are being planted by the rivers of water and bringing forth fruit in their season. Our leaves shall not wither, whatsoever we do shall prosper. The Word of God is not going to come back void. It's going to produce in us and through us that which God ordained it to do and that which pleases Him. We're going to walk forward in this great salvation of Christ we're going forth in joy. We're being led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills are rejoicing. They're breaking forth before us into singing. And all the trees of the field are clapping their hands. Jesus Christ is King, my friend. Rest in Him. Repent now, return to Him, and rest in Him, Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, Scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on SafeguardYourSoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all Scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month. And your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great